just wanted to show you something, Brother Andy, while they were singing. I tell you, the presence of the Holy Spirit is so prevalent when his people like you, like we, gather together in his presence. I mean, I stayed touched and moved today. As that young lady was singing, I was so touched. And all of you did a superb job today. You know why you've been able to do such a superb job in singing and praise and worship? It's because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that's very prevalent. And when Brother Kevin just touched that uh, reeds, and then just slowly, glory, glory, just felt glory. This was in China. Do you see anything? Oh, my, yes. What do you see? The white horse in the clouds. That's in China or Japan? Somebody sent it to me. I thought oh, I would okay. just show it to you, Brother Andy. He's coming. He's coming, yeah. He's coming in the clouds on a white horse. Somebody in the Orient had spotted it, and uh, it's been going around evidently, and I happened to get it from somebody. He's coming, folks. He's coming. Yeah, I'm a little emotional today. As gratitude is just uh, flowing to stand before all of you. 30 years of faithful partnership. My words fall short of how I feel about you all. I have probably two, three other churches like your church that have been in partnership with me and the ministries in India for as long as you have been, 30 years. And the commitment you made, you have never faltered and moved away from that commitment that you made 30 years ago. That moves me. God has allowed our paths cross, and he allowed it for a, a greater purpose than I could ever dream, than you could ever dream. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? What Life is not independent. It's free, all right, but it's interdependent. Without you, I, I have no life. Without me, Many thousands of lives have nothing. So we contribute to one another. And you have been investing your love and your kindness. And even more so, the trust. You have placed your trust in me and the God-given vision I had shared 30 years ago. And since then, every time I come your way, the trust, that's costly. It's costly. When you trust somebody, you're putting yourself into his life. You're investing your trust into that person. That's a costly commodity. And you have invested so much of your trust. You haven't seen what's going on on the other side, except a few slides or maybe a DVD or video I have shown in the past. I wish I could bring DVDs every time I come back or something to show you. 
we are not as advanced in technology even though we do have some people because the cost i think i need another department in our ministry for media so that i could show four five six minutes of what's happening there you know brother andy i feel i need to have a single lady a sister from america to come and spend about a month or three weeks, two weeks, so as to videograph everything, take the pictures, write the stories that I have to share. So many stories of lives. You know, those two brothers, one of them was the very first disciple of the Lord, and his name was Andrews. Andrew never went after the masses to win for the Lord. But his brother Simon, whom he had led to the Lord, had become the man for masses, while his brother Andrew, who led him to Jesus, always, never for masses, only a person at a time. He would pick up one person at a time and lead him to the Lord. It's just amazing. Every time I see the role that we all play in our own way, in the extension of God's kingdom. You have been silent warriors with your prayers as well as your finances and your trust and love and kindness that you have invested into our lives, me and Amaji, and all the thousands of lives that have been impacted for 30 years. Thank you all. Thank you all. I bow my head to salute you for your faithful partnership. I thank God for a loving our paths cross. So much has been done. Three Bible schools. Last June, when we had the three uh, graduations in three Bible schools, we train about 170, 180 of the young men and women in three schools put together in three ministry centers. I asked the three regional directors, Dr. Nubrikshan in Hyderabad and uh, Pastor Prasad in Vijayawada and Pastor Silas in Visakha, Putnam cities, how many graduates that you have the count of that might have gone to plant the churches. They gave me the numbers and they actually shared it in the congregation. We have counted, as far as we have the information about those church planters, 1,300 churches have been planted through our Bible schools and the graduates of the Bible schools in all these years. Uh, we don't take every church planter into our fellowship because of the money at reform, I had to fill in and send some money every month. I couldn't pump the money to send a monthly money order to everybody that graduates, so we couldn't take them into our fellowship. We still have 140. Uh, we would like to increase the number if God would uh, enable us. And that's a simple report, single report about the Bible school ministry. They do the summer classes as well. It's a great time that I would have every year in the month of June going through the three cities for the Bible school graduations. 
And I always wondered about the children who ministry in Hyderabad. We used to have 125 boys and girls. But because the finances, I had to cut down on the number of the children. We used to have 350 boys and girls in three children homes. Uh, today we have about 275. We had to cut the number down. And uh, I always wondered about the children home products, boys and girls that went out with their degrees in engineering and college degrees and uh, went to do some jobs. I never heard from them, never hear from them. I just wondered what's happening to those boys and girls. No phone call ever from any one of them. No appreciation ever from any one of them. There's any surviving family, they never come to tell us how much we help their kids if the surviving mother or father or grandparents are alive. All of a sudden, in the month of November last year, a couple of boys showed up when I was visiting in Hyderabad. One of them was uh, finishing up his bachelor's degree in pharmacy. The other boy is already doing the job. I said, Pastor Garu, we came to ask you for a date that you would be available in Hyderabad so that we would have the Children Home Alumni meeting. How many are you expecting? Maybe 200, sir, they said. 200 boys and girls are going to show up. So I gave them the date in December, the 16th of December. About 150, 140 of them showed up. And uh, I couldn't believe the way they expressed their gratitude to what has been done to them. Some of them never had the parents. They didn't know their parents. And the boy that was leading the alumni gathering that day while I was sitting along with Dr. Nubikshan, the regional director, in one of the benches in the front row, and uh, that boy was uh, brought to us by her, by his auntie, who was one of our believers in another church in another city. And I took him uh, about when he was about three and a half. Today he got his master's in engineering and working in uh, doing a job in the city of Mumbai, which is Bombay. And as uh, one boy stood up, uh, started saying what this children had, had contributed to him. I said to Dr. Nubikshan, isn't this Gopi that we sent to an engineering school? Yeah, that's Gopi. It looks different. And then uh, when he came down, Gopi, what are you doing? He said, I'm a script writer in the movie industry, sir, he said. Script writer? I thought you would become an engineer. How could you become a script writer? <laughs> And, and as the boys and girls came and touching my feet, you know, stooped down to touch my feet to express their appreciation, which is the custom. It's almost like worshipping. And I said, my feet are beautiful, but you don't need to stoop down to worship them because they are not worthy of worship. Only his feet. Make sure you keep holding on to his feet and worshipping him and not my feet. I was so touched that day. And then Tabitha, my daughter, the assistant regional director, she said, Nana, 
me and Nirikshan Garu thought that we would take care of the feeding expenses of the boys and girls that would show up today so that they don't have to take care of their expense. But they insisted, no, Akka, which is like big sister, no, we will take care of our own feeding expenses. So they gave a check for 60,000 rupees and another check for 150,000 rupees, altogether $3,000, both amounts together, in support of the Children's Home Ministry. And I was so touched. Thank you, Lord, for enabling us to play a little role in shaping up of these orphan and poor boys and girls. And you know, folks, Somerville Church has been supporting children, home boys and girls for 30 years. Thank you for your consistent and continued support. And then uh, this girl, about six or seven year old girl, born of course to a Hindu couple, but lost both her parents. And her uncle and his wife put her after the dusk of the evening, they put her in the street outside their house, told her not to come back to their house and a little bag of clothes. And the little girl of six or seven years was just crying in the street. It was already dark, she was scared. She didn't know where to go, what to do. And some neighbors had uh, noticed her crying. They took her and her bag of clothes kept her that night, and the next day they sent her to her maternal grandma, and she came to know about Maranatha Children's Home in the city of Vijaywada, and of course I took little Shruti. Shruti means pitch, and uh, pitch of the voice, sound. She grew up to be a beautiful girl, both outside as well as inside, accepted the Lord, very disciplined, very dedicated girl, finished her bachelor's in engineering and got a little job. And who would marry? <laughs> Nothing to offer. If somebody would come forth to marry the little Shruti. And uh, we have a matchmaking ministry, Maranatha matchmaking ministry, to match the young, because the parents still arrange the marriages in India. And uh, parents who come from, who are the first generation converts from Hindu families, they don't know where they could find the match for their son or daughter. So they naturally call us because they know that there is a caste Hindu convert who is a minister of the gospel. So from all over the state we get calls. And, uh, and I have prepared an application about 20 some years ago and to fill in their profile and then whatever their expectation of the match they are expecting or looking for. And uh, some uh, young man, an engineering graduate doing some business, his profile came into uh, our ministry. And uh, the young widow who became a widow at the age of 25, because her husband died in an accident, leaving her and the boy, we have entrusted this job for Sotha, another daughter in our family. We only have four biological daughters, but many, 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 many spiritual daughters. Some of them live in this country. <coughs> and uh, she contacted, we have a girl, beautiful, inside, outside, graduate of an engineering college and doing a job. Would you be interested? 
yes send her the send her picture to us so they saw and the mother and son both believers came to vijayawada to see the little shruti well she is a grown up shruti now and they liked her and sudha the young lady handling all this said but she is an orphan would you be interested we'll think about it and pray about it when we go back home and let you know whether we would be interested or not two days after they went back home god spoke to rajesh the young man that shruti should be his partner in life for the rest of it, his life so he told his mother what are you going to do son well if you and father would approve i would like to obey god and marry shruti so the marriage was arranged by my daughter lata and pastor prasad and others and i had the privilege of doing the engagement the expenses of the engagement ceremony in a beautiful hotel shruti took care of all that and i said to my daughter lata why did you all allow her to spend her money it's just little money that she has been able to save that's about 3000 dollars it's a lot of money to me as far as the girl is concerned after marriage why would she why would you all make shruti depend on her husband for whatever the needs she may have nana we tried to counsel her not to spend her money our ministry will take care of it for such girls anyway our boys you know but she insisted she must spend that money and of course we later took the expenses of the wedding weddings are big in india i don't know why the culture is such that even the poor man families they borrow money at the interest rate of 36% if not more to feed few hundreds of their relatives and friends i just don't understand i i wish it's not that way but it's that way we cannot change it just like any culture like your culture or our culture people are crazy customs are crazy sometimes i don't like all of them i like some of them some of them i don't but i cannot change because they, you got to go by the culture culture is something that shapes up but as long as the customs and culture stands against the word of god and its teaching certainly no no we never follow those customs and that shruti and rajesh is now planning to move their very wealthy family he is planning to move to vijayawada to continue his business and thank god for blessing our children like that i don't know if any one of you have supported shruti i wish i had done some research and got the information on shruti and her sponsor not to say that i have sponsors for every sponsor for every child no we don't have it whatever comes in on a regular monthly basis we put it to the children home ministry whatever comes in my visit goes to the expenses in the month of june which is very expensive month costing about uh, $50,000 or so every month of june because we had to send all these children back to schools school uniforms and uh, school fees we send them to some good schools i am in english medium schools where all the subjects are taught well let me share a couple of more stories well three more stories and then i'll go share the message is that okay i never been at summerville pentecostal worship center and the memorial day weekend this is the first time i have ever been with you 
and as you were sharing few words about the importance of this weekend, it touched me, Brother Andy. And as Brother Kevin started, glory, glory. It's very touching to me. And I thank God for this country. I'm not a citizen of this country, but America has been part of my life. All because of the church in America and God's people like you who made me feel part of this country and this country part of my life, enriched my life so much. And we have, I have a couple of stories. I preached in the early service in Hyderabad a few months ago. Well, actually it was last year. And before I went into the second service, I came across a lady looking like 50-year-old lady, new to me. Uh, she greeted me, and of course, I, said, I, I greeted her and said, where are you from? Where do you come from? No, sir, I come from nowhere. I live on this campus. Oh, how long? For a few months, sir. Oh, what's your story then? Why are you on this campus? Are you cooking here? No, sir. I have accepted Jesus. We are a farming family in a village far away from this city. When I accepted Jesus, my husband didn't like it, and he started beating me on a continual basis. And I couldn't take the beatings time and again. Don't you have children, I said? I have two sons, great sons. One is a millionaire living in Bangalore City, and another youngest son living in Bahrain, in the Gulf countries. But they supported their father, so he kept on beating me, and I thought I was going to die with his beatings. So I had to run away from my life, packed my clothes and secretly ran away and came to the city where nobody, I thought, could find me. And somebody brought me to this place and your daughter and son-in-law, Dr. Nivikshan and Tabitha, had taken me, providing me the shelter and three meals a day. And then uh, recently, when I went back to Hyderabad, Brother Andy, Pastor Nibrikshan took me to an asbestos-roomed shed where I saw a tailor using the sewing machine, making some dresses, and three ladies there, he's teaching them to how to make dresses. I said, oh, this is new, who is this? Oh, this is Suribabu, his name. He comes from the other side of the state, other end of the state, and when he accepted Jesus into his life, his wife hated him and his children hated him, threatened to throw him out. And he, was, he happened to watch my TV program, Dr. Nibrickson was telling me, he's on TV also, and took the phone number. It happened so that that phone number happened to be mine and his call came to me. He said, sir, I don't know what to do. I have accepted Jesus, but my family don't want me to live there anymore. So I don't know where to go. I don't know anybody else except in the nearby villages. Would you be willing to take me into your, wherever you can place me? I'd be happy to stay there and do whatever you tell me. I cannot stay here anymore. I'll come with my clothes. Pastor Nibrickson said, yeah, we'll be happy to provide you a shelter. But you must know one thing, sir. If my family come to know, you will be in trouble. They cause so much problem for you. You need to know that. That's okay. We'll handle it. You come. So he came to Hyderabad. 
Suri Baba, what do you do? I've been a tailor, so we already have five sewing machines that we bought to help the young widows so that they could learn something and do some work and then make a little living. And one of those sewing machines was given to Suri Babu. He's making dresses to the children or repairing the dresses for the children and also teaching whoever is interested to learn how to sew the clothing or making the dresses. He made a good dress to Nivikshan, he said. And uh, I said, Suri Babu, don't you feel anything for your wife and children? So uh, I would like to live with them, but I have no choice. I am at peace. I'm very happy that I could serve the true living God in Jesus Christ. Then I was thinking of these two, that lady, she don't sit around anymore. She's doing cooking for the Bible school. He's making clothes for the children home kids. And I was thinking of them when I came back to America this time in the last week of March. And God had impressed me. I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that Hyderabad Ministry Center is going to be a center, a sheltering center for the persecuted believers who can't stay with their families, whether they're young ones, wives or husbands, they could come and stay. God has been doing so many things. You know, I could go on and on. And uh, one more story. Is that okay? Are you all with me? You know, the support is great, but it's not consistent all the time. Some churches dwindle down that they cannot support anymore. And the exchange rate between the US dollar, Norwegian kroner, I have a church, a partnering church, and three other friends. And their money went down against the US dollar. I lost about $5,000 a month support right there. And a young man from India, he watched my TV program. He's a British citizen. He's an engineer. He's got a software company. He recorded all the 22 messages I did on 12 disciples of the Lord. And he started sending some money and ended up uh, sending $3,000 every month. And his business got, took some dint and went down. So I lost that support there, $8,000 right there. So altogether, about $12,000 of uh, monthly support is gone. And uh, that's been causing monthly budget shortages. But the central church in Vijayawada with 3,000 people, where Pastor Prasad and Latha are the lead pastors, that church puts about 90% of its whatever comes in toward what you call missions that helps us, but there's so many other things that we couldn't do. And in the month of December, I had, in the month of November, we had $10,000 budget shortage. But God has helped us take care of it with this 90% and all that. And come December, that's the only month where, when we buy new dress for all the children and give a little gift to the Christmas, at the Christmas time to all the staff working. And I didn't know, there's no way we could, we were able to get the dresses for all the children, much less feed the children. How am I going to do it? And uh, four years ago, when we moved to Vijayawada from Hyderabad city, two boys came and asked me if I would approve them opening up an account in our ministry so that the 
products of children home who are doing little jobs could send some money every month, could be $2 or a dollar, dollar and a half, maybe $5, maybe 10 whatever they could send. Yeah, of course I would be, of course I would love for you all to get involved. It may not be much money, but that's okay. Whatever you could, put, keep on putting it. Once it reaches a, a round figure of 50,000, 100,000 rupees, 100,000 rupees would be close to $1,500. We will put it to use when we find it, its need. And that month, my daughter Lata and our administrators who checked with the bank, I told them if, if the money reaches a, a big figure like 50,000 rupees, 100,000 rupees, put it in the FD so that it would draw about 7%, 7.5% interest. That's a lot of interest to you, but to us it's no interest. But anyway, it would still draw some interest. And they found out that month that they had $10,200, $10, worth of rupees. Amazing. I couldn't believe it. Thank you, Lord. The shortage was 15000 and the children home boys and girls have been depositing for four years that amounted to $10,000 plus. And then one of the Hindu converts, whose husband is still a Hindu, Without his knowledge, of course, secretly, she gave about $2,800 worth of rupees. And then my granddaughter's in-laws living in Hyderabad, they are not in our church, they sent about that much money. And I got about $17,500 or $18,000. That is, when you trust God for whatever the need, not the greed, only the need, and then God would bounce back, not only meeting the need, but also he bounces back with the more than what you need, what you trust him for. The need was $15,000, but God blessed us with about nearly $18,000. Amazing. And that's what's happening. Thank you all for your prayers. You know, this morning when I woke up, I found out 86400 was deposited into my account. It's just amazing. I don't have a bank account here in America. No, I, I, only when I was a student. Since 19, after 1981, never had opened or kept my account here. But in my account, I found to my surprise that there was 86,400 deposited. And there was a condition attached to it that is to be spent in 24 hours. Huh. Why can't I save it for my children or for us tomorrow? I must spend it by tomorrow morning. And as a matter of fact, you got the deposit deposited into your account. If you check your account, it's there. But again, the condition is that you must spend it within 24-hour period. What is it? 86,400 seconds of time. Time is the most valuable commodity. That's the time. And it'll be gone tomorrow morning. Well, the interesting thing is that another amount, same amount, 86,400 would be deposited again tomorrow morning. When this expires, another amount would be deposited. Again, the condition is the same, that you must spend it within 24 hours. Every day of our lives, God is depositing the highly valuable commodity. 
That's called time. How do you spend it? How are you spending your time? How much is going waste? How much are you using it for some things, for some things that are temporal, which we need? Food, which is temporal, but without which we cannot live. So we got to have something to eat, and, and that's okay. Time is such a valuable commodity that God has trusted you and me with, folks, that we could uh, spend some of it for ourselves, some of it to spare to help somebody. So invest your time in somebody else's life. I tell you, it's going to bring greater dividends than the stock market could bring. And some of that time, God expects each and every one of us to spend with him. Either by reading his word or listening to his word or spending time at his feet praying or just waiting at his feet to listen to whatever he has to say to us. Keep ourselves open, the spiritual ears open up to listen to what he has to say to us. Spend your time as lavishly as you can to listen to God. Spend your time in prayer as much. When I say spend your time in prayer, I am not referring to your kneeling position only. Prayer is not just limited to the kneeling position. It's an attitude. Prayer is an attitude toward God. You can communicate anytime. I get on that big flight from India to come to America every year in the springtime, last week of March, and leave to go back home in the second week of June. And as I get on the flight, and you know, after the drinks and then the feeding, and uh, then they turn the lights off. And pretty soon people go to sleep and some snore. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine a few hundreds of people and all their bags, some of them check one or two bags plus the handbags and the handbags and the carry-ons and all the baggage and the, on top of the weight of the airplane and oh, engines. While everybody gone to sleep, some watching the movies on the screen, I just start crying. I cannot control myself. I felt time and time again, all these 33 years coming to America, Brother Andy, that I was carrying the airplane load of people and their baggages, including the airplane weight. That's how I feel every time I get on there and just pray. Sometimes just slowly. I cannot cry loudly because it would be disturbing to other people trying to get some sleeping and rest. Lord, what I appreciate you trusting me with, by sparing some of your burden for the people. God calls his people like me or Brother Andy or any one of you not just to bless you, not just that you could make living out of his blessings, but he blessed you, he called you, he trusted you, he trained you, he blessed you and me so that we would bring glory to him and then share some of that time. Whatever God has blessed you with, share it Spare it for somebody so that they would become just as rich, not only in money, but rich in every way, especially in relationship with God. Time. Spend it lavishly in God's presence with God. 
And number two, this is a three T thing I'm sharing. Number one T is time. Number two T is talent. God has given talent to each and every one of us. We have no license to tell anybody that he is worth nothing but a hill of beans or anything that you say in America. And in India, uh, let your face be burned because you're worth nothing. I had a friend coming from Bristol, England some years ago. I don't have any contact with him for several years now. And uh, I said, Ken, you need to bring your wife sometime. And he did. And I was talking to her and him, and uh, I said, tell me what, what's happening in your life, what God has done in you. What's your story as far as your relationship with God, if you have one? Oh, yeah, Moses, I do have a relationship with God. When I was growing up as a girl in England, my father always cursed me, saying that I was worth nothing. When I was 16, he wouldn't even take me, teach me how to drive. He always said, Daddy, I need to learn how to drive. No, you can't. You can't drive. You are worth nothing. That's her own father. So she grew up to think that she was worth nothing. Does any human being have the right or license from the Creator God to tell anybody that he or she is worth nothing? If we do so, if we say so, we are actually insulting the Creator God who had deposited some talent in that person. Some long time back, Brother Andy, one of our believers, a Hindu convert, he comes from a fisherman community, and he's an electrician. And he came to me, he said, yeah, my oldest son failed again, Pastor Garu. Is this the second time? No, this is the third time. Beat him? Yeah. Did he pass after beating? Of course, no, he got my message. You wasted your beating of your boy. Beating didn't help him pass the exam, the 10th grade, which is the final year of the school in India. And I said, don't, don't beat him. Don't curse him. Don't say anything negative to him. God has blessed him with some kind of talent. We'll have to help him to find it out. He may not be good in academics. That's okay. Not everybody has to get higher education. I wish everybody gets higher education, but if somebody is not good at academics, don't bother him. Send him to some uh, TV mechanic. TVs were just coming into the markets at that time. That's 25, 30 years ago, I guess. Send him, he'll learn how to repair the televisions. And if he lays his hand on any TV that needs some repair, people give him some money, he makes his own living. You don't depend on you. Or send him to a company where they repair the air conditioners and refrigerators and air coolers. And he'll learn. Sure enough, he sent him to a company that repairs the air conditioners, refrigerators, and air coolers. Two years later, the company started sending him, sending him to Madras City, Hyderabad City, with Vizek City to repair these things. And four years after he was sent to that company, his father came to me, Pastor Garu, my boy wants to start his own business. Business? Uh, what's the investment? Well, he can use my rental room for his work, repairing jobs, if he gets some. All he needs is 4,000 rupees to buy some tools, which was what? $100 at that time. $100 he could start there. 
repairing of business on his own to repair these stuff, these things. He said, yes, as a pastor, I give him 2,000. I put 2,000 rupees, and you give him 2,000 rupees. Oh, no, 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 Pastor Gar, I don't want to take the money from you. I'll somehow put the money. $100 was a big deal at that time for me and for him too. I thought I would share 50. But anyway, the tools were bought, and uh, the boy started his work, and he started getting some uh, business. And a few years later, of course, I had moved to Hyderabad, and then I met him. When I went to Vijayawada, I was going into the service, and that boy came across, and I saw him wear, putting with his shoes on. A boy who failed 10th grade three times, you never expect any boy in India to put his shoes on. A boy like him would never tuck his shirt and come like a little employee. So I thought something is happening. He came across me and said, greetings, Pastor Yaru. Yeah, How are you doing? Fine, sir, with God's grace and your mercies. Why did you add my mercies? I didn't do anything, Pastor Yaru. It's because of your teaching. We are who we are today. How much turnover every year that you do through your little repairing business? Uh, by God's grace and your mercies, 10 million rupees, sir. What? 10 million rupees? At, at that time, probably 170, 180,000 dollars, something like that, a year. 10 million rupees? Are you sure you're telling me the truth? Yes, sir, by God's grace and your mercies, I'm doing that much, sir, he said. I don't know how much he clears off of that, but I'm sure it's a pretty good amount. The boy has always been faithful attending the Sunday school. Listen to me, children. Come to the Sunday school right on time. Be a disciplined boy. Commit your life to the Lord. And he'll bless you more than you could ever dream to be blessed. And that boy, I said, young man, his name is also Prasad. Prasad means gift. Prasad, do you bring any tithing into the church? Yes, sir, by God's grace and your mercies. <laughs> I get so tickled when people tell me this. Are oh, you bringing tithe money? Yes, sir. Actually, by God's grace and your mercies, I'm bringing two tithes, sir. Two tithes? Why are you bringing two tithes? God never asked you to bring two tithes. I was just checking. He asked more than a tithe money. You know that, don't you? Tithe is a minimum, only starting point, not the ending point for your giving. As you prosper, that's the measuring rod for giving. As God's people like you and me, we have to give as God prospers us, not limit to tithing. I'm not teaching you, even though you know that, but I always taught them in our church. There are a lot of poor people. They're very faithful in bringing tithe. And then he said, you remember, Pastor Garu, God spoke to you to increase our giving from the church from 10% to 20%. And you increased it. And then to 25, to 30, to 40, to 50. And then 60, 70, 80, 90, several years ago. You remember? Of course I do. You had shared the same story in the church. And that day God spoke to me that I should increase my giving from one tithe to two tithes, 20%, slowly, 10 to 12 to 15 to 17 to 20%. So you are actually bringing two tithes out of your income? 
Yes, Pastor Garu, by God's grace and your mercies. Don't ever say that you don't have, don't ever say to yourself that you don't have any talent. You do have a talent. God has deposited it into your account, into your life. But your family, the schooling, the circumstances surrounding you and your family and your circle of friends, these four groups develop your personality. In doing so, you got to find your talent God has deposited in you. Whatever is passion in your heart to do, whatever you want to do, find your passion. And then God is going to bless you there. Amen. And in closing, number three T is treasure. Time, talent, and treasure. Well, treasure is, of course, money. How are we making money? That's the first question we should ask. Legally or illegally? Morally or immorally? Honestly or dishonestly? Number two, how am I treating it? Am I, how am I treating the money? Is money your boss or you are the boss of what you make? And how are you using it? How are you making it? How are you treating it? And how are you using it? These three questions we must ask. Whatever we make. And... Uh, Some time ago, I read an article in which it was said about a man. I think it was in England, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 it's in America. Uh, the man went to the jewelry shop and found some costly diamonds and pearls which he wanted to buy for his uh, wife. And uh, he asked the man, owner of the shop, I like these I want to buy them. What's the cost? Oh, it costs a lot. How much? Costs a lot. I don't, I don't think you can buy them. Well, I'm willing to pay the price. How much money have you got? Well, maybe $100 in my pocket. $100? You want to buy the diamonds and pearls? How much money have you got in the bank account? Maybe $10,000. And what? That's mine. $100 and $10,000 mine. What else have you got? What do you mean, what else you got? Have, have I got? I got a home. Oh, you got a home? You own it? Yeah, of course I do. Well, that's mine too, if you want these diamonds and, and pearls. Man, you're taking my home? Taking my bank account? You expect me to sleep in my camper? Oh, you got the camper? That's mine too. He's writing everything. $100, $10,000, home, camper. You expect me to sleep in my car? Well, you got a car? Of course I do. As a matter of fact, I got two cars. Oh, you got two cars? That's mine too. He's listing everything he's saying. Well, where do you expect me, my wife, and my children stay? Well, you got wife and children. They're mine too. So he's writing wife, children. Man, you take, took everything from me for these. Yeah, you like them, don't you? Yeah, I do. You said you want to pay any price. So I'm giving you the price. You took everything I have, including my wife and children. What do you have? Well, you have yourself, and you are no more yourself. 
you don't own yourself anymore. You are mine too, writing his name down for the price of diamonds and pearls. I don't understand this kind of deal here, the man said. Well, I tell you what, all of these things, including yourself, your wife, children, home, camper, cars, everything is mine, but I'm going to let you keep all of them. Not to own, not to own them, only to enjoy them for the rest of your life while you're still alive in this world. And you're only the manager of whatever I have listed here. You don't own yourself. I am the owner and you are the manager. You are the steward only. And what are you giving to the Lord? Time, talent, and treasure. God bless you. Spend these three T resources lavishly as much as you can for the Lord and his church. And then God has a greater blessings in store for each of you and us as well. Thank you and God bless you all. Richly in every aspect. <laughs>